Hello, I'm Emily Hawthorne, a Middle East analyst at Stratfor, a RAIN company. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, RAIN's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analyses. Special subscription rates for podcast listeners can be found at stratfor.com slash podcast offer. Welcome to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Stratfor, a RAIN company. I'm Emily Donahue. The most recent flare-up of the decades-old border tension between Armenia and Azerbaijan, along with the influence of a negotiated, if problematic, peace agreement, is a prime example of how local competitions are growing more complex in a multipolar world. In this podcast, Roger Baker, Stratfor's Senior Vice President for Strategic Analysis, looks deeper at the concept of squeezed states. Let's listen in. Throughout history, there have been countries and regions caught between larger powers. At times, they are pathways between empires. At other times, they are buffers. At all times, they struggle to maintain their own sense of independence and identity. Stretching from the Caspian Sea to the Black Sea, the South Caucasus nations of Azerbaijan, Armenia, and Georgia sit at the intersection of three historic empires, the Russians, the Persians, and the Ottomans. Today, it is also a frontier for American, European, and Chinese influence. As a crossroads of geography, culture, and political power, the South Caucasus provide an important insight into the shifting geopolitics of the 21st century world. What better way to explore how the actions and interests of great and middle powers are impacting these squeezed nations than to speak to someone who has spent his career studying that topic in the South Caucasus. Dr. Zurab Konalitsa is the rector of Sokomi State University, located in the South Caucasus nation of Georgia. He launched the university diplomacy program intended to be a space for dialogue to rethink the regional and international dynamics around the nations in the South Caucasus. Joining us was Lasha Kazradze, the U.S. liaison officer for the university. He translated for Dr. Konolitsa and added his own insights. I asked Dr. Konolitsa what he is seeing on the ground regarding the conflict in Nagorno-Karabakh and how it reflects on the greater Caucasus area. <laughs> The conversation uh, and the, the opinions uh, and the, the, the regional view which has been uh, discussed by Mr. Zurab Honelidze here uh, is suggestive uh, and rightfully so, that there is a sort of mosaic of regional powers uh, that inadvertently, automatically, if you will, form a balance of power in the region. This is something that has been a key element, uh, if you will, in the region. This might sound quite ironic to some observers, um, but this constant push and pull between Russia and Turkey, uh, Iran and Turkey, Iran and Russia, and then Russia vis-a-vis the South Caucasus republics, has, on a large scale, overall, on balance, worked. And I'm sure... There are people who would strongly disagree with me on this probably, but the point here being there has not been a a major collective outbreak 
of a regional conflict stemming from the South Caucasus. If we pay close attention, these conflicts have concentrated, have been shaped within their individual respective domestic platforms, if you will. The causal mechanisms that these conflicts, say ethnic conflicts, obviously, right, we are speaking of, have been manipulated certainly by larger regional powers, mainly by Russia. But the contagion among the individual conflicts, Nagorno-Karabakh, say conflicts in Moldova or uh, or Georgia, um, they have not really, there hasn't been a contagious, a contagion of the conflicts that would result in this larger uh, South Caucasus sort of overlapping conflict. So to answer the question, to what extent do regional players play a role um, in the region, in these conflicts, I would say that that role has been conducted or manipulated, if you will, based on balancing principles. There has always been pull and push, um, and that resistance uh, has been largely manipulated by major powers, obviously Russia, but that it has also kept it from the contagion of simultaneous, of forming a simultaneous conflict. Sure, there have been inter uh, military groupings that would fight against Georgia from Armenia or Chechnya, but that has not guaranteed uh, or has not been the reason enough to think that this is a conflict that can result in a in a wider South Caucasian holistic war that would involve all three um, uh, countries, South Caucasus countries, simultaneously. So I think there has been a delineation of conflict uh, up to this point. Building off of that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the the current crisis, there's been uh, attempted mediation by the United States, by Russia, Mm -hmm. um, by the other powers outside. If we go back in time, we'll see that uh, the region, Georgia in particular, at one point was a very strong focal point for the United States, for Western Europe, as another uh, frontier region for the promotion of democracy, potentially even the expansion of NATO. And we've seen, well, that interest hasn't completely dissipated. Uh, It seems to have taken um, a lower priority in recent years. How has that perception impacted Georgia itself or the way that Georgia looks at its uh, relation both in balancing within the region and at its potential extra-regional relationships. Sogada demokratizatsia, eha, chemgan ukherkhulian temaze saubari es Despite the fact that there have been noticeable changes uh, within uh, international relations, say since um, 2008, and then uh, I'm just going to add 2008 conflict, uh, Russia's invasion of Georgia, and then Russia's invasion of Ukraine, say, let's say post-2014, clear change has happened uh, in international relations. Geopolitics has really um, uh, raised um, its head. Uh, Despite all that, the overall strategic disposition uh, of uh, Georgia as a state, as a regional uh, unit in the Caucasus, is unchanged towards 
the Western orientation um, and uh, its uh, desire for membership in uh, the West's security and economic infrastructure. So, and why? I guess the, the, the answer to that question of geopolitics, return of geopolitics, has always been there. And the solution to it would be the attractiveness of democracy promotion clearly is that. It's an attractive idea. But more importantly, more seriously, Georgia and the region itself has to be studied on a much deeper level if there is a chance of Western powers establishing their interests in the region to the extent, again, that these interests exist. Georgia cannot by itself guarantee this. It's a, it's a, it's, it's part of the holistic, uh, sort of a space, uh, that must be looked at and viewed as such. Unless the Western world understands the following, that on an individual basis, neither Azerbaijan nor Georgia nor Armenia will be able to act individually alone in terms of joining the West. This entire region has to be viewed by the West in the West as a holistic space and a more importantly as part of the so-called Western orientation or, or, or promotion of Western policies, whatever that might be, economic security policies in the region. And a critical component uh, of this vision or the goal, if you will, is to show Georgia's, say, for let's just take Georgia, for example, um, Georgia's most important and biggest geostrategic partner, the United States, that taken individually, the West and particularly Washington will continue to have or viewed individually uh, a hard time establishing either stability or Western-style prosperity, let's just call it that, if it continues to view the region as a platform for singular units, Georgia, Azerbaijan, Armenia. In other words, it has to be viewed as a holistic part of the region that is willing and able to act in a peaceful manner, in an accepting and welcoming manner as a whole towards the West. So the task is for the United States, along with uh, Russia, to view the South Caucasus as a platform which can be, which can be viewed as a decision maker instead of a, a region uh, from which or in which to cause problems regionally. It must be viewed as a platform for peace building as a whole with Georgia leading the effort. But the ultimate initiative, strategic initiative, based on the interests of the United States and Russia, must be or led by the United States, encouraged by the United States, these interests I'm talking about, such that the South Caucasus as a whole, as a holistic space, will be viewed as a constructive geopolitical space, not as a space in which these three countries can be either manipulated against each other or viewed as one better than the other. It's, it's a holistic space that should be viewed by the Western powers, again, particularly by the United States, as a geostrategic tool for, 
forming a, a regional regional peace and advancement this this would seem a particularly difficult goal to achieve particularly from a from a western perspective because the governments the activities the location of each of these three countries are obviously very different even if they all fit within the same geostrategic region and at the same time there is a growing um concern uh in the west one a perception that perhaps the uh grand ideas of western liberalism are nearing their their peak that there are challenges to that on the international scale that that the idea that western liberalism is inevitable for all countries is starting to pull back that socioeconomic and political dynamics are reawakening western countries to national or or regional interests and that there are economic costs for for the constant activities uh, far from home that seem to be shifting the way that western countries are looking at just how far they're willing to go to intervene and reshape regions and so this would seem to present a particular challenge to uh, a country like georgia that has this intent or goal but that sits in, in a very uh, distant and, and potentially troubled um, uh, geographic space me barriers imashi rom dres chveni orientatsia ari ganskhoebuli sakartvelos azerbaijanis da somkhetis so it's deeply etched in the idea of historicism, really. So historical past determines, according to Mr. Honelidze, the future of Georgia and the region. And if the United States takes charge of this historical past and looks at history in the Caucasus, say of Georgia, for example, and says, look, there have been attempts uh, for uh, Georgia to join the West because of geopolitical and uh, uh, developments in the region, um, this vision uh, has failed um, or has been blocked uh, from materializing. This is something that has to be sort of revisited, the idea that there is a historic uh, past that clearly shows pro-Western stance in the, in, the, in the region. And if the United States sort of uh, takes charge of this uh, vision and sells it to the region, meaning Russia, um, uh, and then acts as an umbrella uh, to use the um, uh, sort of this historical past to accommodate uh, Russian interests, uh, Iranian and Turkish interests in the region, but by taking charge, but, but for Washington to take charge to do this, um, I think that would sort of um, reduce the, the um, and show the regional powers that there is no, uh, there is no, um, uh, a sort of a, a plan or a strategy to either necessarily separate from Russia, uh, to exclude Russia or the regional powers, but to view, but to have these regional powers view um, uh, geopolitics in the region as a holistic sort of uh, cr- um, uh, uh, a creative space in which things can be managed can be uh, negotiated uh, and common interests reached. Thank you. Um, Considering the geographic and cultural pivot nature of a country like Georgia, uh, really of of the South Caucasus, but of Georgia, and the move of the world into a really multipolar system, 
that would seem to provide greater opportunity and potentially greater risk for Georgia. What are some of the options that a country in that position may be able to take as the world shifts more to this multipolar dynamic rather than a hegemonic moment or a bipolar world? So, so philosophical reasoning behind behind the uh, program of university diplomacy, uh, very briefly. So, for 30 years, the country has not been able to leave this vicious cycle of ethnic conflicts, economic failure and underdevelopment, political underdevelopment, and most importantly, the formation of its uh, full integrity and territorial sovereignty. The question then becomes what to do. The idea behind it is to analyze it within the walls of academia, to bring in an academic space of discussions, critical thinking, deep thinking on the problems that has plagued the country. Uh, however, however, the creation of just civil space or the NGO space or um, the civil society, uh, so to speak, uh, has not been enough to develop uh, this view, this analytic point of view. The idea is not to fight with the results, but to reach down to the roots of the problem and create a, a space, a collective space, where academics, um, analysts, uh, civil society folks will be able to reason together and critique the reality, past, present, and, and make prognosis in the, for the future uh, of where Georgia is headed. And the only conflict management methodology is through peaceful means. There is no way that Georgia is in no position to take up arms and return these territories by force. Uh, it will be suicidal. It will, be an it will cause an existential, it still poses an existential threat. So therefore, the only way to introduce this problem to the world, to widen, if you will, the security issue, would be through such initiatives. And so through the scientific method, if you will, try to create a space for debates, for analysis that will play a constructive role towards this end. If we, if we look at Georgia as really a geographic and cultural pivot state, right? It sits at these intersections, not only of the immediate nations around, but of these greater trends of, of Western liberalism, of the, the old Russian concepts of, of Asian dynamics that are moving through that space of Middle Eastern concepts. Mm -hmm. um, and we look at that in a world that is shifting to a multipolar world, not the sort of hegemonic moment that we saw after the end of the Cold War, the bipolar world that, sure. that really drove the way the big powers interacted. Um, it would seem that in a multipolar world, uh, a country like Georgia in that location would have both greater opportunity, but also potentially greater risk um, from uh, either being ignored by other powers or being over uh, interested by certain powers, but that the, the balance changes. How does a country like Georgia manage a, a multipolar system rather than the, the traditional ways that we have seen the world evolving? So this is a quite unique approach or vision. Again, the multipolarity 
is not necessarily viewed as a challenge for Georgia's geopolitical uh, reality, but as a as, as more of a constructive, critical part of developing it, of or guaranteeing Georgia's security. Meaning, as its philosophy, as its background, sort of of university diplomacy, the idea is to not use multipolarity and state individual state interests, and this is the core sort of idea, but to use it as a a source for finding as much as possible, of course, common interests. In other words, multipolarity does not guarantee, according to this vision, conflict. In other words, multipolarity can be used. There is enough intellectual and political room within this multipolar world that we are witnessing today, in this particular case, the region, the South Caucasus, which can be used as a force for solution rather than, uh, strictly speaking, um, uh, divisive geostrategic and geopolitical interests. And that is is related to what has been said earlier, meaning the United States sort of looking at it and the Western world at large, looking at the space not as an individual unit of, of say, billiard, ball, uh, billiard balls, right? In this classic sort of example of realist theory of u- uh, unitary states, right? R- uh, sort of competing against each other, but as a unique space in which even the multipolar world that is outside and directly or indirectly affects the region can be used on this whole sort of uh, space, holistic space, single space, as a source of dissecting the issues, dissecting the problems, analyzing the causality that drives multipolarity, and then connecting it all of that to that whole space which is that of the South Caucasus, uh, taken together. I think that's the critical, uh, I think that's a critical point of view. Viewing the state, again, not as a, as a tool for div- uh, regional division, but as a regional unity, if you will. Both the, uh, the phenomenon of university and diplomacy, right, taken together or individually, um, has, uh, has been lagging. Uh, in time and space, in in terms of time and sp- uh, time moving forward, but these two philosophical concepts lagging in Georgia, and so the idea being that these two philosophical units be- being used or developed and turned into intellectual tools, uh, which would explain this lagging, which would explain everything we have just discussed, explaining through academia and through diplomatic tools what causes it, how it can be managed. But unfortunately, they've been lagging behind progress or the lack thereof or changes, if you will, uh, in Georgia and the region since the Soviet Union fell. So under the university diplomacy program is to make sure that development, progress, and territorial integrity, all these key concepts that make a state, in this case uh, for Georgia, not only are alongside of these two concepts of university and diplomacy, but also become uh, an organic part of it. So the the, the university diplomacy initiative sounds um, uh, very intriguing, and, and I know we could talk about this for a lot longer. Um, Unfortunately, our time is about up right now. I do want to thank you all for uh, taking your time to be able to discuss these critical issues of the South Caucasus and the way forward for this region with us today. It's been a um, 
a pleasure to share the concepts and philosophy of university diplomacy. Thank you, and uh, he wishes all the best of uh, luck to the United States, the biggest strategic partner uh, of Georgia. Dr. Zurab Konalitsa is the rector of Sokomi State University. Joining us was Lasha Kazradze, the U.S. liaison officer for the university. He translated for Dr. Konalitsa and added his own insights. You can find more information about the concept of squeezed states at Stratfor Worldview. There, you can gather intelligence and forecasting on this region and sign up for our free newsletter. Visit worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.